This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Well, it was a busy news weekend. Nikki Haley was on Meet the Press explaining why she is the sane Republican alternative to President Trump. You had legal analysis, political analysis, economic analysis of the $83 million judgment of uh, in the E. Jean Carroll Trump civil suit. You had, unfortunately, servicemen, American servicemen killed in the Middle East and a lot of people beating the drums for even more war in the Middle East. The ongoing hostage negotiations between Israel and Gaza and a whole lot more. That's just the tip of the iceberg. That's if you glance at the front page today. But the most watched thing on television wasn't any of that. As important as all of those are. The most watched thing things on television yesterday and all weekend long was the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game. 49ers going to the Super Bowl, they beat the Lions. The Chiefs going to the Super Bowl, they've beaten the Ravens. And I have to wonder, what are we seeing in the media? I mean, just a few years ago, it seemed like uh, with people upset about folks kneeling and the Colin Kaepernick situation and concussions and a bunch of other things, it seemed like football was kind of on the ropes. You had shows marketing themselves as the alternative to NFL football. So where are we and where are we going for from here? Well, we turn to veteran broadcast journalist and a guy that understands the media business better than anybody I know. Uh, also a star radio talk show host on 77 WABC in New York, my friend and colleague Dominic Carter. Good morning, Mr. Morano. I love having you stick around since you've been... Uh, you know, well, putting in these, burning the midnight oil. Thank in. you for inviting me. It's very kind of you. Very nice of you. No, it's my pleasure. Hey, did you watch any of the games yesterday? Well, you know very well, Mr. Morano, that you and I don't get the same luxuries as everyone else. <laughs> because while everyone else is relaxing watching the games, you and I are en route to work preparing for our shows. Yeah, I missed uh, the beginning of the Chiefs game because I had to take a nap to make sure right. that I could stay awake right, right now. Right, right. And then I missed the beginning of the 49ers game because my son uh, wanted to watch uh, the movie Cars, and that was not oh a battle boy. that I was going to win, yeah, so we watched yeah, a little bit with, with Carmine, you're not going to win those battles. Uh, but it was... Get, get used to it. <laughs> Yo, for the, for oh, the, next, for the next 21 years. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to it. But it is interesting. What do you think of this Super Bowl matchup? Uh, Chiefs 49ers again. Same thing we did a few years ago. Chief 49ers. Uh, I believe that the quarterback for Kansas City is you can't ta- he can't be taken for a joke. This guy is a winner. It doesn't matter if he loses his uh, his star players, the fast, the the Jaguar, the cheater, whatever his name is. It doesn't matter as long as you've got him, uh, the quarterback, and uh, Mister Taylor Swift himself. Well, I want to ask you about that in a second. The uh, Travis Kelsey situation, yes, yes, and yes, kind yes, of the yes. Taylor Swift phenom, but. It's interesting. I saw an article last week analyzing the 100 most watched things on television last year. For the whole year, out of the 100 highest rated things on television, 93 of them 
were NFL football games. Now, yes. you, that includes breaking news. That includes anything else. The, the Academy Awards, the Golden Gloves, you name it. 93 out of the 100 most watched things. The most watched TV show there is, whatever it could be. 93 out of 100 was all football. W- what's this all about, Dominic? Uh, like I mentioned a few years ago, it seemed like football was having a little bit of a tough time. It seemed like a lot of kind of right-leaning Americans were turning away from it a little bit. There was all sorts of controversy. Uh, I just mentioned two, but I think there were at least 20 or 30 other areas that people were giving as reasons not to watch football. What's behind football's comeback as a spectator TV sport? They're selling a great product that has plenty of drama, plenty of headlines, the Taylor Swift situation, the comeback teams, the comeback in the final drive of two minutes. And what the NFL has done, Frank, is is genius. They have said to these athletes, listen, you keep it up with all the social conscious stuff, none of us are going to get paid. Mm-hmm. You want to make your $100 million? Keep your private life private. If you want to go advocate for this issue, if you notice, they really don't advocate as much Colin Kaepernick, he had a right to protest, but he was an idiot. Let's be honest. You're disrespecting America. And I think these team owners, led by Jerry Jones in Dallas. Remember when he had the the pig's socks with mocking the cops, too? Right, 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 right. Uh, And let's be real. Like, he knows something about police brutality, alleged police brutality. (laughs) Let's, Let's cut the nonsense. And so he was advocating, and notice he didn't advocate until his playing days were basically That's right. over. That's right. Right. That's when, a, he, a great point. when when he was a starter, he didn't have anything to say. And so I think that they've limited the NFL, led by Jerry Jones in Dallas. Right. I think Jerry Jones said, "Listen, you come out here with this nonsense, not kneeling, you won't be a cowboy very long." And so I think the NFL has been genius how they've increased women. Look at look at ESPN. Mm-hmm. Right. Years ago, my daughter said, Dad, I was at this. My daughter got a degree in journalism. She said she was at a fair, and ESPN said, We're interested in women reporters. Are you interested? And I said, Courtney, they're not really interested. I, I gave her the best advice I could, but it was wrong. Look at ESPN now. I'd say half of the people on air are women. And so they, they have increased females watching the sport. Every year, you know, who's going to perform at halftime? They put on a great show. They really do, Frank. And you got to give them credit for that. Uh, and no doubt about it. By the way, if people want to comment on uh, this discussion, Dominic Carter joining me in studio, you're welcome to give us a call. 1-800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. And I'll add uh, that uh, your daughter, Courtney, is also the author of my son's favorite children's books, right up there with Goldilocks and the Three Bears, Eva the Kid Reporter. I think I kind know every word by heart because... <laughs> We read this six times a day. It's a terrific book. Um, so wait, I got a question yeah, for you. I'm ready. So wait, wait, wait. One other thing I want to say to you, Frank. So, you know, I've been saying for years, Trump is not a racist. And I've been saying for years, and I say that based on my personal relationship with him. And I've been saying for years that the rap community loved him. Oh, dominate. Don't, don't pay attention to what they did while he was president. What did they do before he was elected? They, they all wanted to be Trump. They mentioned him in their videos. Remember uh, Mr. Jen and Juice himself, Snoop Dogg? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so now Snoop Dogg made that video about uh, alluding to assassinating Trump. Mm-hmm. Now Snoop Dogg says, quote, he has nothing but love for the former president, adding that he's done only great things for me. He pardoned uh, Snoop Dogg's friend. So it's exactly what he's and adding. I'm quoting Snoop Dogg here, right? 
I have nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. You know, it's interesting that you you mentioned Snoop Dogg. He was the halftime show at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And a lot of the older, uh, and, you know, not to be stereotypical, but a lot of the older white NFL fans weren't crazy about Snoop Dogg being the halftime show. Uh, this year, the NFL is again going in a more urban direction, I think, with Usher yes. as, the, as the halftime show. And it kind of makes sense with the majority of players it makes, it makes a lot. being black. But but I don't even think it's about the players. I right. think it's about the marketing uh-huh. aspect. And let, let's let's. Well, so that you mentioned the job that they've done in terms of outreach to women. How, you think they've done a better job in terms of outreach to the black community as well? I think that the NFL is concerned about their base that, that's spending the money, and that's everybody. That's everybody. And so I I don't think the NFL has a problem with their black athletes. I mean, let's face it, the NFL makes black millionaires, well, you know? But do the fans gravitate to the football to football the way they are now, black fans, prior to the last couple of years? It's funny because there was a backlash in the black community to— I remember the, there was a lot of upset, no black coaches, no black right, quarterbacks. Right, and it seems like that's changed. Mm-hmm. You've got the Rooney rule— where for every head coach opening, for every coach opening, you got to interview three minority candidates. I just think that the NFL, uh, I think that their their story is as big as the, uh, I know you air in many major cities, but as big right now as the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks is one of the hottest tickets it is going. Oh yeah, uh, they they've won uh, uh, twelve games out of the last twelve. I mean, out of the last fourteen, they've only lost two. I was at my neighbor's on Saturday. I didn't when even they know play. they liked uh, basketball. They they were all glued to making sure they didn't miss the tip-off of the Nick game. But you mentioned something very interesting. So with the Chiefs beating the uh, beating the Baltimore Ravens, and I was pulling for Baltimore, uh, even though I like the we, Chiefs. We all wanted the quarterback of Baltimore yeah, Lamar Jackson, to, right? to, to have his shot. Uh, but we air on um, WCBM in Baltimore, and they were one of the first really big stations to embrace me. And I, I kind of feel like the fans of Baltimore deserved an opportunity they to get to the stadium. Super Bowl. They have a great stadium. I've never been inside, but, I've, I. but I've passed it. it, 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 it it's a working-class city, and, and they love their Ravens. Would have been great. But uh, Pat Mahomes, the quarterback for the Chiefs, was excited. He says they're grateful for the win, but there's a lot more to it go. It truly is special. Um, just to do it with these guys after what we've been through all season long, guys coming together, um, it really is special. But uh, I, I told them, I mean, the job's not done. I mean, our job now is to prepare ourselves to play a good football team in the Super Bowl and try to get that ring. But unlike a few years ago when Mahomes was the most talked about player on the Chiefs, you point out that the guy that's the most talked about player on the Chiefs this year is uh, Travis Kelsey because of his relationship with Taylor Swift. This has turned into one of the more polarizing aspects of things. Some of the older folks, um, commentators like Al Michaels, uh, coaches and commentators like Tony Dungy, they think they don't think it's appropriate that she's getting all this attention. Meanwhile, they say the games that she goes to causes a lift to the TV ratings. They want her going to every game. No word on if she's going to the Super Bowl. Give me your view on the Taylor Swift effect. There are even people out there, I'll call them Taylor Swift truthers, they don't even believe that this relationship is genuine. They think this is just kind of cooked up for both Taylor Swift's career and Travis Kelsey's they, career. They believe that that uh, Kelsey is a beard for... Uh, right, well, that's for, the New for, York Times is right, saying, right? right, I mean, right, the New York Times, yeah. right? That should tell you all you need to know, that the New York Times is writing about Taylor Swift. 
It's about the Benjamins. It, you have to understand this. And to all those old school folks that say, oh, well, why are you focusing on Taylor Swift? Because it's about the money. Mm-hmm. Every game. So, for example, we were watching the game, and the first thing my wife said was, oh, is Taylor Swift there? You know, now normally she wouldn't say anything. Yeah, she my sister, just go, same thing. And she would just go, ew, and go in the other room. But she wanted to know if Taylor Swift was there. And my son immediately replied, yes, they've showed her several times. So meantime, Al Michaels has been involved with covering playoff football for 50 years. They say that maybe part of the reason he wasn't part of the playoff coverage this year was because of those comments about Taylor Swift. They don't want anybody questioning kind of the, the wisdom of whether Taylor Swift is getting too much attention. And that's why I've gone on record as saying I have nothing but respect for Taylor Swift. I don't want <laughs> with, the Swifties with, with, coming with, after with me. All, with all due respect to him, uh, he's been out there a while, and uh, his career was— uh, I, I never like to say this about anybody's career, but his career was a little past uh, his prime. A little past. Okay, that's a good way yeah. of putting it. Okay. Uh, the bottom line is Taylor Swift is a is it spent the NFL highlighting her that exposes the NFL to a fan base that they could have never have dreamed of. So whether you like it or not, it's about business, and that's why the network, right? Um, the network will show her five or six times. Um, and and you know with with uh, Travis Kelsey, that's mm-hmm. his name, right? Uh, great great character, right? So after the uh, after the game uh, where, where they where they won, well, what does he do? The same thing he did last year when he got into that feud with the mayor of the other city, and he's in an interview and he goes, "You gotta fight." For your right to party. <laughs> hey, uh, two quick other aspects of this that I want to pick your brain on before we we let you uh, go home. Um, when I first started watching football, there were really only two places in the country that you could place a legal bet. Otherwise, right. if you wanted to place a bet, you had bookie. to call a bookie. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of times if you won, you had to worry about if you were going to get paid and in, what, in, a, in a timely manner or not. Now, sports gambling is legal almost everywhere, everywhere that I go. And it's not just that it's legal in any casino. You can bet right from your phone in a second. What do you think about the effect that the legalization of sports gambling has had on the uptick in TV ratings for things like the NFL? It's great for ratings, but I'm concerned about the legal gambling because people will gamble and spend what they don't have oh, yeah. and, and no, no, quickly no. find themselves. And, you know, they, they do these commercials, don't bet over your head, bet with it, right. you know, stuff like that. But the average gambler you know you, you bet on the first game you lost i'm gonna double my bet and get my money back now you lose again and then even when you win eventually you're gonna lose no doubt right and I, i'm just concerned about that in terms of the it, it's great to see it happening across the country it, it doesn't really it doesn't catch my interest uh, well right? i i don't think it's that great because i think you're creating a situation where there's a, a big especially younger fans uh, get get a little this wrapped up in this thing you know i used to go to uh, atlantic city uh, pretty regularly with roger stone and uh, roger had been as you know a lobbyist for donald trump and represented him with a lot of those atlantic city properties and roger would never bet right he would uh, he'd have a martini with me we'd go out to dinner and he would never bet meanwhile i'd be at the craps table right. all day long. Long. Have and, you ever stayed in one of the properties with, with Roger on uh, the trip? Well, so I hung out with him after Trump pulled out of Atlantic City and when he was kind of on the outs with Trump. And, and true, story, yeah. true story. True story. I shouldn't admit this, but well, I will on but, me, yeah. because you and I are boys. So uh, back in the day when you went uh, to the casino as a guest of Mr. Trump, right? 
First of all, uh, his personal secretaries call you. And oh, Mr. Carter, um, this suite is available for you. On, a true story. You're available for you on this day, blah, 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 blah. You get there, right, Frank? And th- this is going back 20 years. <laughs> you get there. The first thing you notice, TVs come from the floor. Up. <laughs> you, you just press a button. I kid you not. Jacuzzi in the room. You could do all types of things. Beds. You, it, it, imagine your wildest dream. And this is going back 20 years. Times two. Wow. Times two. I, they had me. I, I got there and pressed one button, and the TV came from the ground up. That's you know, pretty boom, cool. To, That's to, pretty cool. To above the bed. And it was just, it was just phenomenal. Well, phenomenal. so I was just saying, Roger never placed a bet because he would always say, I know the odds too well. I know in the long right. run, the house right. always wins. Right. So it and is it does. interesting. It does. So who are you pulling for in the Super Bowl, if anybody? You got Kansas City, San Francisco. Where are you headed? I don't really know that oh, much about San Francisco. Yeah. I like their running back. That mm. that boy is good. Yeah, yeah. McCaffrey, no. that, yeah, that, boy can, that boy can run. Um, I guess I guess I'm pulling for Kansas City because the quarterback of uh plus the Taylor Swift story. I think it's interesting. It is interesting. I it, think. it continues, you know. So at the game uh 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 yesterday, it's now yesterday, uh, they kissed. <gasps> they kissed and it made it made all the papers. <laughs> Taylor Swift kissed Kelsey. And he basically said, yeah, baby, <gasps> breaking right. news. Uh, you know, uh, two or three American servicemen killed in Jordan, and that's the front right. page of right. the papers today. Right. Hey, um, a friend of mine invited me to the Super Bowl this year in Las Vegas. Ooh. You and I are kind of in the same boat, though. Like we're both pretty busy. Right. And to kind of make a trip of that magnitude, it does take a lot, not necessarily in terms of it money, does. but in terms of time, it right? Does. Which, is the, Which we don't have. We do not have an abundance. Right. If you were in my position... Would you go to the Super Bowl? Absolutely. You would go. I would be broadcasting that night right. from okay. uh, Vegas. Right. There, I, there's nothing. What's that saying? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what I'm afraid of when I have to be on the uh, air. Yeah, but you, you got to go. You, you, you've got to go. Yeah, well, you, maybe I will just what, What's story. your wife going to say, though? Well, I think she's agnostic. You know, she's not looking for, you know, she recognizes that it's a rare opportunity, but it's not, you know, the kind of invitation that comes around every week. You know, it's a pretty rare thing. So you got to go because this might be the only time in your lifetime. Going back numerous years, one regret I have, and then I know we're short on time here. So I was invited a couple of times as a member of the media to fly out for the weekend to Vegas to some boxing fights, and I never went. I just, I mean, I, I was concerned about the ethical thing, uh-huh. but but I, looking back at it now, 25 years later, I wish that I had went. Really? Know? Okay. Well, you've given me a lot to think about. Dominic, it is always a treat to be able to chat with uh, you. Thanks for so sticking wh- around. So what's the bell for? Well, it's a, we're out of time. You got to go. Oh, okay. Time uh, for me to yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give uh, him yeah, the hook. I'm just kidding. You're welcome to stick hook. around as No, no, no. Thank you very much. Uh, I will see you tomorrow, my friend. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, thank you. Dominic Carter, uh, if you're listening around the country and uh, you are impressed with Dominic Carter's wisdom, that's certainly understandable, you can listen to, um, you can listen to Dominic every midnight at uh, from midnight to 1am on uh, WABC and you can just go to wabcradio.com if you're not in the New York area. All right. Uh, we'll take your calls in a moment 800-848-9222. This is the other side of midnight straight ahead. The other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. 
In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Other side of midnight with Frank Morano. this i think on friday that i think the safest choice it's not who i hope that he picked but the safest choice for donald trump as a running mate this year someone that does not hurt him that only helps him is katie Britt, the senator from alabama i really could see her on the trump ticket and she is really the only candidate including the candidates that i like that I see as having no drawbacks for him, at least in right-of-center circles. Uh, that was uh, Sweet Home Alabama. That is a birthday bumper music selection by our own Rich Radabali, our colleague Rich Radabali, who has been involved in this network for decades and is a good friend and uh, a great guy He and a wonderful radio professional. That uh, That is one of his birthday bumper music picks. Those of you wanting to talk about football, I will get to you. 800-848-9222. We've got a great show uh, coming up. Next hour, we're going to talk with Carol Alt about not just what's happening with Sports Illustrated, not just what's happening with the media, but a b- variety of other things, including AI. AI and a bunch of other things. She's one of my favorite people to talk to, and we'll get into it. But very serious news uh, over the weekend. For uh, more than three months, many of us have warned about the risks of the U.S. getting bogged down in yet another war and yet another war in the Middle East and that the risks to the United States would steadily grow. And unfortunately... The warnings of the risks of getting further involved and of greater escalation have come to pass. And now three American servicemen were killed by Iranian-backed militias in Syria. And these were militias who had largely ceased their attacks on U.S. troops prior to a couple of months ago. These servicemen that died did not die defending U.S. interests. They died defending America meddling in the Middle East. And nowhere is the dichotomy in the GOP and in Washington and American foreign policy circles 
and in the presidential race, quite frankly, between Trump and Haley and Trump and Biden, more on display than what we saw from Lindsey Graham and Senator John Cornyn yesterday. Their first thing that these two did, uh, did, these are two elder statesmen, prominent Republican senators, one from Texas, one from South Carolina. The first thing these two men did was run to Twitter. And in the case of Lindsey Graham, he said, hit Iran now, hit them hard. John Cornyn said, target Tehran. That's what they think is a good solution to this. Let me tell you something. If you liked the Iraq war and if you think the Iraq war went well, you will just love a war with Iran. Talk about maybe two times, a little more than two times the territory to wage war in and uh, about twice the population, more than twice the population as well. And that's what these guys want to do. Forget about the Iraq war. The Iranian war is... That's what these guys are pushing for. And look, I am not a guy that likes to use profanity. But the guy that really spoke for me when these two people made their comments was Tucker Carlson yesterday. Because what Tucker did when he screenshotted Lindsey Graham's tweet, screenshotted John Cornyn's tweet, where one is hit Iran now, hit them hard, and the other is target target Tehran, and Tucker Carlson simply said, effing lunatics, except he wrote it out. He didn't say effing, but I'm under some restrictions due to the FCC. He's exactly right. These people are absolutely lunatics. And I'll include people like uh, former National Security Advisor John Bolton, who's never met a war that he doesn't want to be a part of and send American troops to die in, who was on News Nation yesterday. If you, if you want to establish deterrence, uh, you don't just hit the proxies that are carrying out the attack. You carry out uh, retaliation against the command and control authorities in Iran uh, and some of their facilities. And just say one more point here. You don't do this in a tit-for-tat response. You don't say, well, they did this and we're going to do that. To reestablish deterrence or maybe establish it in the first place, we have to impose enough pain on Iran that it outweighs what they've done to us and is sufficient for them to say, we're never going to try it again. Vivek Ramaswamy, in response to Lindsey Graham and John Cornyn and the sentiment, if not the exact words of John Bolton, said on Twitter, for centuries, American statesmen reviled the thought of civilian deaths and war as a last resort. Now we have the likes of Lindsey Graham and Nikki Haley giddily calling to hit Iran now and hit them hard. It's disgusting and says a lot about the kind of Republican Party they're trying to create. I agree with Ramaswamy and Tucker Carlson 100%. I mean, three U.S. troops killed in a drone attack in Iran, a strike on a small outpost near the Syrian border. It marks an escalation in fighting in the region. Is anybody asking the most important question here? Why are there American troops in Syria? Syria is a foreign country that does not want American troops there. Congress never voted for any of this military action. Not what we're seeing in Yemen, not this permanent semi-occupation in Syria, certainly not to be in, uh, in Jordan. 
anyone, even heckle and jackal of uh, Lindsey Graham and John Cornyn, could have predicted that with this current U.S. policy, this Biden-Haley foreign policy of aimless escalation in the Middle East, eventually some group would succeed in killing a bunch of U.S. troops. Meanwhile, 95% of Americans, I don't think, have a clue why U.S. troops are in Northeast Jordan. I really don't. Um, You have a situation where... Yeah, I don't know why our rulers would rather say these deaths happened in Jordan rather than Syria. So I don't necessarily know the details about this, and I'm eager to find out more. But these are the reports, right? Uh, the U.S. troops have had a long acknowledged presence in Syria, whereas Jordan is a country the U.S. would prefer not to overtly antagonize or destabilize, especially now given what's happening with Israel and Gaza. But I think this is horrible, horrible. You have to remind everyone, unfortunately, and this is one of the, the things that drives me a little crazy with Trump, is that Lindsey Graham was literally Trump's earliest endorser in the Senate for 2024 and personally implored him to run. So that is my great fear of a Trump administration, is that he'll put people like John Bolton and Lindsey Graham and these neocon interventionists that stocked and littered his administration the first time around. Because that's my great fear. I want to see more Douglas McGregor's and fewer Lindsey Graham's. But lots of people seem to think they know with 100% certainty that there couldn't be an outpost on the Jordanian side of the border. I don't think that's completely out of the question here. The U.S. could certainly maintain lesser-known military installations connected with a larger base. There was a statement from President Biden on the attacks on U.S. service members in Jordan near the Syrian border. Here's um, President Biden in South Carolina promising even more escalation. I want to point out that uh, we had a tough day last night in the Middle East. We lost uh, three brave souls in an attack on one of our bases. Yeah. And uh, I'd ask you to come to the silence of all three of those souls. Jeez. The, the statement that the White House put out in print said, we will carry on their commitment to fight terrorism. This lacks any defensible justification for why these three dead U.S. service members were in Syria slash Jordan to begin with. The White House resorts to saying they were generically fighting terrorism. This is an insult to everyone's intelligence, but unfortunately, that's what's come to be expected with a lot of foreign policy statements. We always hear about these Iranian-backed militias doing things without any firm operational details of how this Iranian backing works. I think the question that's not being answered here is, why do we have troops in Syria and or Jordan? We shouldn't specifically without congressional approval. Speaker Mike Johnson puts out a statement saying, we're saddened by the loss of three American heroes in Jordan last night, and we certainly are, and we're praying for their families and for the 25 other service members who've been injured. America must send a crystal clear message across the globe that attacks on our troops will not be tolerated. Now, notice the demand in that statement. It's not to remove 
U.S. troops from positions where they could be subject to attacks, which would be my demand. It's to send a message that the troops will remain in these positions indefinitely, which suggests the goal here is something other than to prevent attacks on U.S. troops. You also had two Navy SEALs die earlier this month on a mission in the Middle East and five special ops guys killed in a helicopter crash in November. So that's at least 10 U.S. troops killed so far in a conflict we were assured would never involve U.S. troops. So since the U.S. troop presence in Syria is back in the news, is President Trump still campaigning on his pledge to pull the troops out of Syria? Which, remember, that was one of his orders that he put out and the Pentagon just ignored. 800-848-9222. The risk of further escalation is likely compounded by President Biden living in this old world universe of foreign policy. We're looking tough on scary foreign adversaries is a surefire way to secure electoral victory. And that is a dangerous place for everybody, honestly. 800-848-9222. I'm gonna, we'll, we'll get to everybody, whatever your comments are. George is in New York City. What's on your mind, George? Hi there. Now, whatever you just said, I was going to mention. However, I'm going to add, okay, a few points. One, regarding Iran's population, 90 million versus Iraq, 45 million. Okay. Now, regarding, uh, shall I say anything about the football well, It's up to you, George. It's your, it's your dime. Right. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to focus on politics. All right. I'm very disappointed the way the Lions lost because those, uh, those should have been two free kicks, you know, goal kicks six points and they would have won yeah that, uh, that decision not to kick the field goal was a tremendous mistake but look that's i guess that's right. the only the, the thing you only recognize after the fact okay now the united states has uh, personnel military practically i mean half of the world what the hell are they doing uh, it's in insane. all those countries it's insane when the people the local people do not want them there you know the vast majority from korea to uh uh the wherever, even Jordan, you know. Now, uh, the personnel that lost, unfortunately, the three in Jordan, right? First and foremost, the U.S. shouldn't have anyone there, exactly. military personnel. What, what, what would they be doing there? Jordan is a very friendly country, and Jordan is not under attack by Syria or Iran or uh, Israel or uh, any other nation. But, but certainly, you know? George, not and, without any sort of congressional authorization. I mean, if uh, if and I've been pleased at what we've seen from some members of Congress, both on the right, like uh, Congressman right. Thomas Massey and Rand Paul, but also on the left, like uh, Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia, asking basically on the Yemen strikes, let's get an explanation of how this is permissible without any sort of congressional authorization. For instance, this was Senator Tim Kaine, Democrat of Virginia, a couple of days ago. But this increased activity by the Houthis, which they attribute to the war in Gaza, is running the risk of destabilizing Yemen, but also affecting the globe. And we need to know from the administration what the strategy is. We need to know how we're going to de-escalate this conflict. And we need to know what the legal authority for U.S. military action is. There is no legal authority 
for U.S. military action. And again, uh, uh, the only people raising this are the folks on the far right and on the far left. The vast majority in the Democratic and Republican parties in the so-called sensible center have completely taken leave of their senses. There is no justification for this. This is going to lead to the loss of more American lives, more Middle East reprisal, and this is not going to make America safer in the least. And unfortunately, with Biden threatening to escalate even more and Heckle and Jekyll, Graham and Cornyn, among others, along with Bolton, all saying we need to double down on this, this is going to get worse, unfortunately. And uh, this is the uh, it's like we never learn. You know, we go through the Iraq war and everyone says, oh, boy, we were so dumb. We'll never get fooled by like that again. And then we go through the Libya war and we say, oh, boy, OK, we're never going to do something like that again. And then um, we just keep repeating the same patterns over and over again. You know, for 150 to 200 years in this country, we adhered pretty closely to the vision of military conduct and foreign policy outlined by the Constitution and our founders. And things, for the most part, worked out fairly well for us, with a few blips here and a few blips there. It's not perfect. But over the last 60 to 70 years, this notion, really except under the Trump administration, this notion of we can send our military wherever we want, start wars anywhere we want, cost not only American lives, but lives in foreign countries, in countries that didn't attack us. I don't, you know, the danger is we've now been doing this for so long under both Democratic and Republican administrations that people think it's normal. They grow up thinking, oh, okay, well, the last guy did it, so it's okay for us to do too. This is not okay. This is really wrong. And now there are three U.S. servicemen that are dead because of it. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. We'll continue with your calls in a moment. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. Would you like to ride in my beautiful balloon? Would you like to ride in my beautiful balloon? We could float among the stars together, you and I. For we can.
Up, Up and Away by The Fifth Dimension. I know a lot of you will remember when this was a TWA commercial. This is a birthday bumper music selection by Barry Goldsmith, an old professor of mine who's been a guest on the show and also a travel expert. He does the been there, haven't done that travel. You can find him on Facebook. He's a great guy. He's been a guest on this show. And not surprisingly, all of the songs that he picked had something to do with travel because he is a uh, travel expert. You know, I was going to mention how, um, unfortunately, my son is still a little under the weather. I, I mean, he went to school on um, Thursday and Friday. Um, or I think most days last week he went. I, I, I don't remember. I can't get track day to day. But over the weekend, he had a bit of a fever. So we gave him Motrin, and he was very cranky on Saturday. That's when I had an inkling that something was wrong. And he had a fever of uh, over 100, I think 101 on Saturday. And we gave him Motrin, it came right back down. Then woke up on Sunday again with a fever. We gave him a little Motrin, came right, right back down. And so um, my wife and I, when I left for work last night, were both hoping that he would feel better by today because she, obviously we can't send him to school with a fever. And it's very difficult for both of us if <clears throat> he's not able to go to school for a couple hours. And I have been hoping that he will wake up feeling bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, no fever, and in a position to go to school. I just got word from uh, my wife. Our child has barely slept. I've been in his room three times now. Ah, I hate that. I hate to hear that. Hopefully he gets to sleep soon, and hopefully that will mean my wife gets to sleep soon. We weren't even able to go to his cousin Eric, my nephew Eric's first birthday, because, you know— she was concerned that Carmine was sick, and and Rachel was a little under the weather, too. She's got uh, inflamed sinuses or something, but she didn't want Carmine coughing and sneezing over everybody and making everybody sick, which is uh, a nice thing to do. But hopefully he does get some sleep soon and is able to go to school today, because otherwise it is going to be a rough day for all of us. We'll see where it goes. All right. 800-848-9222. I hated to miss uh, Eric's first birthday, uh, but, uh, you know, we'll let Rachel calls all the shots, especially because she does most of the driving on that one. So she didn't feel that he, we were up for going. And that's that's that. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Jacqueline is in Brooklyn. Hello, Jacqueline. Hi, Frank. Good Hi. morning. You know, before I say what I want to, um, you know that uh, virus uh, that's going around with regard to children, it affects children. Have you taken Carmine to the doctor? Is it, um, are you talking about RSV or something else? I don't think it was RSV. It's another type of virus. They were talking about this over the past month, and mostly children are affected by it. So you might want to think about taking him to the doctor if he hasn't been since he hasn't been feeling well. All right, maybe we will. Maybe we'll do that. We'll see how he he does today. Because if he has a three a fever for three straight days, then then maybe we'll have to do that. Yeah, hopefully he'll he'll be better though. Hopefully. Um, you asked about the Super Bowl and women, and now you know the industry is kind of. Uh, is more geared toward women. I am someone who has never been interested in sports. I've never watched football. A number of years ago, I say over the past six, seven years, I started watching the Super Bowl. And I watch it every year without fail. I was rooting yesterday for the Chiefs. So my Chiefs and my man Mahomes is going to the Super Bowl. Hopefully they're going to take the game. Um, and if you can tell me, because my phone is on the blink, so I don't have Internet access, uh, I know, obviously, that uh, the 49ers won, but 
I don't know what the final score was. Last I saw, they were tied up twenty-seven. So I can't find out what. Yeah, the score it was is really it was, it was really uh, something because. Um, by the way, if people took my my picks, they would have gone one and one because while the 49ers did win, the Lions came within the point spread, and my picks were the Lions and the Ravens. So the final score was 34 to 31. But what was amazing about that game is, and, and if you were watching the early part of it, you you know this, but the Lions were leading something like 24 to 10. 27. 27 to 7 last time I saw, right. And they they came back. They came back. The 49ers came back uh, revitalized in that second half. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was like uh, they were electroshocked, came back from the dead like uh, Lazarus. It was something. Right. But yeah, it was 34 to 31 was the final score. And George was right. I happened to tune in again. I wasn't watching the game. And for political reasons, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about politics. Um, I won't watch the game. I will watch the Super Bowl, but I couldn't help myself. I, I had to at least check to see what the scores were. Hey, Jacqueline, so George what, was absolutely right in what he said. What, what caused you all of a sudden to develop? I understand a lot of people watch the Super Bowl that don't necessarily pay attention to football because it's a, a media event. There's performers, and a lot of people used to pay attention to the commercials and s- such like that. But what made you develop the sudden interest in not only the Super Bowl but football? in general. I, I tell you the I tell you the truth. I started watching the last time the Giants were in the Super Bowl. That was the first time I ever watched and that was when oh I never remember his name, Don it. I can't remember who the quarterback was at that time. Well, probably Eli Manning, right? No, 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 oh, no. Phil it Sims? wasn't it wasn't. No, no. It was the fellow that uh nice young fella um that was a recovering alcoholic uh, oh, darn it. I, I can't remember his name. But anyway, uh, that year they lost. So I says, I'm a jinx. I've never watched football. I've never watched the Super Bowl. I only watched because the Giants were in it and they lost. And then year after year, I said, oh, let me watch for the commercials. Let me watch for the halftime. And the Super Bowls thereafter were so intense and so good. I got so interested in it. Now, I don't understand football completely, but, you know, Neither I do I. Eyes, do and, I. And, and I can see what's going on, and I just got so interested in it, and they usually, they've been very intense over the past number of years, so that's really what got a hold of me, and why I, I always watch now. Well, that's interesting. I think it was Kerry Collins you were talking about. Yes, thank you, yeah. Kerry Collins. Gotcha. Yes, his name always escapes me. Same here, same here. I had to look that one up. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jacqueline, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Robert is in Suffolk. Hi, Robert. Hi, Frank. Good morning. Uh, I hope it doesn't get worse. Biden has been sending by a special executive order National Guardsmen overseas. We don't know where they're going or what they're going to be doing. What if he drops them into Ukraine? They land in Kiev with a non-disclosure agreement. They can't say to anybody where they went or what they did or what they saw or anything else. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I, I, think, I, I think you've kind of pointed out the the folly of having the uh, president, whoever he is, uh, because Democrats and Republicans both do this, move around military servicemen like they're playing a game of risk. I mean, there's a reason you're not supposed to be able to go to war without Congress. And so basically what every president does 
especially post-war powers, is they just launch military action and they just don't call it a war. Well, if a missile is dropping on you, I think you'd call it a war, right? I mean, what is a war if if it's not military hostilities like this? Of course it's a war. And yet we haven't even declared war since the Second World War. But that doesn't make... Congress's role any less vital to the process. 800-848-9222. David is in the Bronx. Hi, David. Yes, good morning. Morning. Um, Let's set the record straight because you said a couple of things that are not right. All right. The U.S. has had these troops in the Middle East during the Trump administration as well. And they were active in Syria and Jordan and all the other places under Trump. Trump killed that Iranian general. You remember that? Yeah, I was critical Uh, of that at the time, Soleimani. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, you know, the thing is, though, don't pretend that Donald Trump is some dovish person. No, 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 but David, 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 first of all, I I criticized Trump directly for putting people like Bolton and General Mattis and H.R. McMaster and Mike Pompeo in his administration. I said that not only in the last few minutes, but just in general. All right, but this is the issue. When we're attacked, okay, and I have a nephew in the military who may be over there because he's somewhere where he can't disclose where he is, okay? I don't want our troops attacked and then being told by people like you and Rand Paul that we shouldn't respond, okay? Because when you let bullies push you around, all that does is encourage them to do more. And the Iranians have been poking us for years, which is why Trump blew up that Iranian general. We have to do something. I'm not saying attack inside Iran directly, but they have Revolutionary Guard units inside of Syria, which we can attack. And, All right, well, and, then get, get congressional authorization to do that. Then get congressional authorization. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. No, I know no, Biden. Yes, no, you do. Don't. Yes, you do. I mean, I, I don't know. There is, a, there is an authorization currently in place, which shouldn't be. But it's never been revoked because of 9-11. You're talking about the authorization to go to war in Afghanistan? You want to use that as the authorization to attack Iranian-backed militias in Yemen and and Jordan and Syria? You want to use a 23-year-old authorization from Congress as justification for this present conflict in the Middle East? Why hasn't it been revoked? Congress could revoke it tomorrow if they wanted to. That's That's the question. Every American should be asking. And unfortunately, it's only people like uh, Matt Gates and Ro Khanna that are asking it. That is the question. Why hasn't that been revoked? It's insane. It's insane what's going on here. All right, we'll get a, a rare dose of sanity on this program from Carol Alt in just a minute. Um, we will continue to take your calls as well. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Until next hour, help control the pet population. Get your dog or cat spayed or neutered. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money. 